Hello, this is Culture Bites coming to you from the national news here at Abu Dhabi. I am Inas Rafahi. And I'm Farah Andrews. Hello and welcome. So today we've got loads of things on the agenda as usual. We have, going well, we're going to be talking about the Arab publishing bodies that have been withdrawing from a German book festival. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be talking about a award-winning family attraction, which has been opened in Dubai. Very exciting. <laughs> it's one that we all wait for. It is. And, oh, me. And we've got <laughs> a look at dozens of artworks that are hitting the market. Dozens of Arab artworks that are hitting the market in the near future in a very exciting auction. And also... Man About Town, Man Still Away. So we've got a wonderful reporter, Saeed Saeed, who's going to be filling us in on everything exciting in the music industry and exciting concerts coming up in the country. So good, they named him twice. So happy they named him twice. Oh, Saeed! Um, first thing, it's kind of a story that I, I kind of almost missed and then you pointed it out, um, which was there's um, an Arab publishing bodies have actually been withdrawing from a Frankfurt International Book Fair um, after there was a planned award to a Palestinian, but they withdrew it. Can you explain a bit more? So yeah, the award is, it's not been fully withdrawn, it's been postponed. Ah. So it's a Palestinian author called Adina Shibli. Tell me if I've said that wrong. Sorry if I have. Adina Shibli. Um, She was due to win a prize for a a German translation of her book, Minor Detail. Tafasil Thawani. Thank you. Or Thanawi. Thanawi. My Arabic. Didn't know. <laughs> yeah. um, so her book, yeah, it was due to win a prize at the award, at the fair. Frankfurt Book Fair is one of the biggest in the industry. It's enormous. Um, mm. But the organizers of the event kind of decided, they say with Shibley that they were going to postpone the award. They have said in a kind of joint statement that no one feels like celebrating at the moment and that has kind of I mean that's resonated all over the world at the moment yeah kind of simultaneously the director of the book fair has said he's condemned the attacks in Israel Hamas's attacks and has said that there are special events planned at the festival to make Jewish and Israeli voices particularly visible which Again, is important and not to no be one can cr- argue criticized. About that. Yeah. The problem is, is that people have kind of taken the pausing and postponing of Shibley's award as kind of the muting Palestinian voices in a moment ah. when and promoting others when it could have been quite. I don't know, I'm maybe simplifying this enormously, but it could have been really powerful to kind of amplify both. Yes. I mean, that's a bit of a shame. So who are the Arab publishers? Are there, are there many that have withdrawn from this? So then this is simultaneously, um, yes. Okay. The Sharjah Book Authority has withdrawn. Emirates Publishers Association have also withdrawn from the event. Um, there is still local um, local associations going. DCT Abu Dhabi are still attending okay. the event. They've still got some nice conversations taking place, talking about Sheikh Zayed, mm. the, the impact of the publishing industry mm-hmm. and voices in Arab publishing. These kind of conversations are still taking place mm. at the event, so it's not yep. an all-out mute. Okay. Um, but And the event is still very much going ahead. Mm. Um, but there is just, diff- like, yeah, l- like Arab publishing federations and agencies have withdrawn. They're kind of saying that they are, the Emirates Publishers Association said the decision to withdraw is in line with the government's stand to be in solidarity with Palestine. So that's the official line. I mean, I can understand that. I I feel like I can see how loads of news as well gets kind of amplified and then kind of 
a bit like, you know, when whispers happen and then things can kind of be misinterpreted by yeah. certain actions. This is quite a bold statement, I think, for a book fair to this be is doing. Really big, yeah. Yeah, especially at this time. I can understand their hesitation about celebrating. It's also had, there's been a massive reaction within the industry itself, not just in mm. this country or this part of the world. A open letter was written in reaction with more than 600 writers, agents, high ranking members mm. of the industry kind of criticizing it and like I said they are suggesting that it's closing out space for a Palestinian voice which is the big criticism of yeah. the decision to postpone the award. I had to look into her a little bit because I have to admit I'm not very familiar with her work but she's actually she was born in 1974 she's written loads of novels plays short stories narrative essays and it's been she's been translated into many languages so she probably has quite a large fan base yeah definitely like all over the globe and there will have been people that are kind of ready to kind of go see her speak and listen to kind of what she has to say at the event she will still she, like I said she's still attending I remember when Minor Detail was long listed for the International Booker for its English translation I think mm. that was in 2021 and we um, I remember writing about her not me personally but at the paper we were writing about her and talking about her success so that was significant a couple of years ago see that's what i love about this newspaper we just highlight those voices and things that you may have missed <laughs> see? so, <laughs> so we're going to move on now to our second story or our second thing that we want to talk about today it's which a big one i mean okay again i'm new to the country explain to me first of all you're gonna have to tell what it is the phenomenon of global <laughs> village <laughs> so you need to explain to me why this is so it's such a big cultural thing here and I need to go clearly uh, I mean yeah so every season season being kind of end of October to April basically the cooler months we have this enormous open air extravaganza called Global Village that reopens and it's what is Global Village? It sounds like a celebration of the international community here in the UAE. It's kind of exactly what it is. Okay. It's a, um, it's a, a big old fair. So yeah. it has attractions, theatre shows, musical shows, wow. incredible food. Um, it's a kind of very family friendly location. You've got things for kids. You've got things for adults. There's shopping. There's it's a. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to lie. It's a sensory overload. There is a lot of colour. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of light. As somebody who a loves Dragon Mart, I feel like I'm ready. <laughs> My, I mean, I only recently discovered... colour noise and energy at Dragon Mart, for sure. I recently discovered Dragon Mart and it's become a thing when I was in my <laughs> deep days of my home renovation that Dragon Mart was like the only place I spent my time so I've kind of reacted against it recently but it has saved saved me many many a Durham Dragon Mart I definitely want to you know give a bit of a shout out to Mohammed who sorted out all my curtains <laughs> <laughs> this feels like the platform <laughs> the um but like the in my opinion the best thing about um no not Dragon Mart <laughs> so I'm talking about Dragon Mart the best thing about Global Village is just how affordable it is Great. Tickets kind of range from the 22 dirham mark up to 30 dirhams, whether you're buying them on the day, buying them for weekends, buying them online in advance. But they are pretty affordable. Like Does it ever can... sell out? Do I need to book in advance, really? Or Big events definitely do sell out. So oh. this, they often have big musical acts that are sometimes sneakily announced, like a bit last minute, and then you get everybody in the whole of the UAE trying to descend on Global Village. That's a real fun fair for traffic. But where do I find out about those those things is it Instagram on the arts and culture section of the national ah! <laughs> and also yeah probably 
Jag- uh, global. Why did I stop saying <laughs> Global Villages Instagram. Yeah, they'll definitely have it. But okay. the um, and people, but you don't have to go necessarily for a big event. There are kind of mini museums up there, and there are street shows and parades, and just like like lots of like high energy extravaganzas, and then. At, like throughout the year at Christmas it turns into a wonderland oh gosh they do the most enormous uh, New Year's Eve celebrations for the last couple of years what's been really nice they've done um, fireworks every hour kind of from for all the visitors from like Philippines India Pakistan like so they all kind of get their midnight celebration at the time that it turned midnight in those different countries which is so so nice which is the kind of lovely global open-minded wonderfulness that they kind of celebrate so that's that's a beautiful thing about it and the fact that it's family friendly is great so I'll put that definitely on the list yeah the girls are going to be absolutely obsessed with it and you will be obsessed with the food there is so much to eat there it is wonderful I haven't been yet so it opened yesterday on October the 18th and it's going to be open until the end of April and the so I've not been yet this season, yep. but I had a quick look at their website to see if there's any like interesting food and drink mm-hmm. options. There's a Bosnian food place. That I've never Ooh. eaten Bosnian food, so I kind of want to go down and check that out. There's um, a place that, based on the name alone, I'm interested in. It's called Cheese Wheel Pasta. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> and also a lobster roll spot. So they're just basically me listing things that I'm interested in. <laughs> I was going to say, so, okay, so you're interested so in these are melted my... cheese and lobster. I mean, yeah. That, yeah, who I mean, that, sounds, that sounds great. <laughs> and I remember all... once I had a friend who didn't like melted cheese and I thought she was the strangest person. So my dad doesn't really like cheese and it makes che- Christmas grapes more on the cheese board. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's also obviously regional favourites. So you've got some really phenomenal falafel stands and just the food is amazing. Very, very affordable. Okay, great. I'm going to go, definitely. Especially when there's, okay, as a mother fussy children if there's like ways that I can eat different food but they're not encase them in a restaurant where they can be fussy that's great so you can kind of be checking out the different pavilions Mm. it's kind of there's everywhere's got a different kind of character which is a different country so you can be wandering along you can be exploring like there's the South Korean section which I think is going to be very popular with the prevalence of South Korean culture at the moment then there's also like an Afghanistan pavilion and more regionally like Lebanon Morocco Turkey obviously UAE Oman Saudi all have pavilions so it's real variety fun for everyone fun for everyone okay so next on our list to talk about um this week Mm -hmm. is this is actually I was gobsmacked that I hadn't heard about this which is the Christie's art auction, but it's not just any collection of art, is it? Just any collection. It's of not art. just any collection of art. You go, go on. It's the Dalul family. Have you heard of them? The Dalul family. Mm-hmm. I have heard of them. I wouldn't say I'm very aware. Like whenever I think about big art families, I think of Jamil, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So they they um this sale of work, they're basically coming to Christie's with and the sale is going to take place in the UK, but they're bringing 48 spectacular which I think is a very fair adjective pieces of art from the family's collection which has um, it was started by the parents the parents um, and it's been kind of ongoing as a collection for more than six decades so that kind of framework for this collection of art makes it really quite significant 
You've wow. got pieces that are kind of dating back to like the beginning of the 20th century oh. and then more modern, brand new pieces. This um, is basically my dream job. Like I should have just been an art collector. Like where do you go to get that job? How do you, <laughs> how how do you I? apply to become an art collector? You have to become quite rich. <laughs> <laughs> That's gone then. Uh, based on, yeah, based on these price tags, let me tell you about a couple of the pieces of art. So we've got Egyptian artist Mahmoud Said's um, piece of art, which is called Fil à l'imprimé. Terrible French, sorry if I butchered that, which translates to girl in a printed dress. It's an oil painting from 1938. Yeah, that is beautiful. It's I've stunning. I've seen it and it's really atmospheric. It's much darker than you think it's going to be, but it just like, I would love it on my wall. Give me a price point. How much do you think it's going to go for? 100,000? Higher. Yeah. This is so beautiful though. This is happening to Arab art. Like, yeah. wait, okay, let me try and guess. Okay, higher than 100,000. Oh God, is it going to be crazy? Is it going to be like... 200,000? Is that You can keep going up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 500,000? So, the estimate is between 455,000 and 715,000. So that's just the wow. estimate. Obviously, it's an auction. It could go for less, it could go it for a lot more. For more. Who yeah. knows? Um the auction's taking place in November, but you can go and see some a key selection of the pieces of art in Christie's Dubai from October 23rd to the 26th. So the pieces are going to be here and on show. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, I think, again, just to say what I just said a second ago, but just having that kind of recognition for Arab art, because I've seen some of the pieces are quite modern. Yeah. And I think people don't often think about Arab art as being quite modern. I think they often think of like Orientalism and that kind of style. Yeah, for sure. I think these pieces are really, you know, trying to project a different feel to Arab and Middle Eastern art, which maybe people haven't necessarily thought about when they think about art from this region. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you kind of flick through, we've got a kind of selection of the images of the pieces on our website at the moment. And I was like, really taken by a lot. There's like a really graphic piece by Samia Halabi, which is just like bold, vibrant colors, like really block, mm -hmm. like not quite cubism, but it is, it's a really beautiful piece. And it's not, they're, the connection to it is that it kind of tells her story of this, her experience of this region, but it isn't just pigeonholed as Arab art. It is yeah. just art. <laughs> yeah, it's just art. Yeah. yeah. And would probably look really nice in my mid-century dream house. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Set it up. Teak. It will be lined with teak. <laughs> as an insight into my dreams. Into your dream home. Do you want to talk about some of our favourite regional artists? This is, um, so my favorite regional artist, yes. right? So a few, it must've been a few years ago now that I went to go and see Mona Hatoum mm -hmm. uh, at, or Muna, Mona Hatoum at the Tate Modern in the UK. And like her art is like very sculptural. It's all about, she's um, British Palestinian. She's often talking about like kind of, you know, that I suppose, international network of cultures that we deal with when you are living as a mixed race person or somebody who's in a country which isn't their own. And she's often exploring that narrative in her artwork. And she has like these huge pieces. Like one of them is like this big globe with like red neon lights going around it, like symbolizing the globe and things like that. So it's really atmospheric pieces. They're really beautiful. She uses sometimes like Arabic calligraphy as well in her work. So another piece that I really like from Mona is this piece called Plus and Minus, mm -hmm. which is this large circular area of sand, which she kind of installs into art galleries. And it creates, there's a like a pivoting rod, which creates um, markings in the sand. And then, but also 
takes them away, uh-huh. which is again about this kind of like what she's trying to communicate a lot through her art, which is, you know, the feeling of belonging, not belonging, diaspora, what's going on here. I think a lot of people can put their own meanings onto that. It's mesmerizing. Yeah. I haven't seen it since it was in the tape, but it's really, really, really beautiful. The piece of art you're describing, I feel so sure that I've seen it, but I don't think that I knew it's by a Palestinian no. artist. Ah. She's Palestinian British. Palestinian British. She's she is brilliant, and like I think, yeah, I'm, I've probably said this already, but like how like really resonates with me as a person. But I do feel like it was quite, it was it was quite therapeutic to go and see things like that. Um, you know, these huge sculptural pieces where you can just let yourself be taken away with them. They become slightly hypnotic, don't they? You can kind of just like stand there and really take them in. Yeah, this is definitely really hypnotic. Was there the exhibition was it solely focused on her or was it part of like a big group exhibition at the Tate it was actually just on her which is so nice yeah I love that a lot I know I think like people are like I think more and more art curators and galleries are trying to give more spaces I mean Mona I think is quite well known but mm-hmm. I think there's other artists now that are getting those opportunities which is great I do find it quite like a little bit worrying sometimes because you know when you when I used to go around art galleries as a younger person, I'd be like, oh, wow, they're born in 1974. Oh, they've done this. Oh, great. More and more recently, I go around these places and these artists are born after me. And it's quite... <laughs> They're like, you were born in 1998? What? <laughs> in the, the 2000s, you're like, how? How is this happening? So, um, yeah, but yeah, she's been around for a while. Um, I definitely went twice when my baby girl was really little. So it's probably about six years ago now. A uh, big shout out to all the parents who like going around art galleries um, when your babies are small because they can nap. They can nap in quiet rooms. And you can still be doing something and taking, taking something some wonderful culture. in. culture. Yeah. Great Instagram pics of like babies crawling around Very on cute. gallery floors. <laughs> I have actually got too many of those. <laughs> That's a nice thing to have. It is a nice thing to have. I went to go see O'Keefe once. And I just remember that I, I've got this photograph of my daughter, like by the a large flower with her hands on the large oh. flower. And it's just, it's just so pretty. And I'm just like, even if she takes nothing from this as like a small child, at least she's seen really beautiful things. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So I have an artist, which ah. is maybe what I'm about to say is kind of like basic, basic entry level. But there are a lot of reasons why I care about this artist. So, are you familiar with El Cid? El Cid, yes. El Cid, yeah? Yes. So, like, very cool calligraphy, graffiti artist. He's French-Tunisian, but he has a studio here in Dubai. He does a lot of work. I didn't know that. Yeah. Ah! And so, the piece that I kind of, when I was thinking about, like, my favourite, it's really hard to pick a favourite, right? Like, there's no one favourite. But there's one piece in particular that I've seen, and it is just impactful. It's called Declaration, and it's an outside it's an outdoors um sculpture of um 3d arabic calligraphy i like that we both had calligraphy arabic calligraphy in the art that we've spoken about um that kind of like twists and is distorted and coming out of a wall outside of dubai opera oh wow Um, and it's like a vibrant vibrant fuchsia pink it is so cool art is like it's enormous and it's like engulfing and I love it and then on the back of the wall is like white calligraphy and white writing 
And okay. yeah, it's... So this is for free then? You can just go and see it? Yeah, I am ah. 99% sure it's still there. <laughs> but <laughs> Things change like quicker. Pre, yeah, thing, exactly. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, it kind of got put in. Mm. But a reason I wanted to talk about him is kind of like a nice like family connection. I to was, you? N- not, he's not in my family, but say. like a nice story <laughs> of my family. My mum and I were out. And she was, we were just in Al Sakal, which you need to come visit. <laughs> we're happen. kind of wandering around, like visiting a few art galleries, like a nice day out. And we went into his gallery. And we had at the paper and like place I've worked in the past, like I'd interviewed him a couple of times. And he was like, his studio was there. So we just popped in and I was like showing her his, he is really focused on like calligraphy and like really beautiful, large size pieces. And she was looking at them. She didn't really know anything about this artist. She didn't really know particularly very much about like graffiti as like an art form at all. I was a really friendly person working in the gallery. And they were like, oh, wait, there's someone here who can explain this better for you. And he was there. No. And he came down and he spent so much time talking to my mum about his work. (laughs) And just like... She didn't know who he was. (laughs) She knew he... No, she didn't know the impact of him. But she was just like this artist who cared enough to kind of walk her through like his work and like what he'd done he does these like enormous murals that go on like the side of like whole communities in Cairo and these like giant scale work and then he was just there in his little art gallery talking to my mum and I just thought you are the nicest man and your work is beautiful wow I do think that like in the Middle East we've definitely embraced street art in a way that I think a lot of people don't really understand I mean I'm from Jordan and Amman is littered in amazing street art pieces. And beautiful, and colourful murals. Really beautiful. And I think even in, like, when I think back to my time in the UK, like, the only place I can think of that actually does celebrate art in that way would be, like, London and Bristol. Mm-hmm. But actually, in the Middle East, it's become a bit of a thing um, to, like, have these, like, huge walls, make them into beautiful pieces. Yeah, like, definitely, like, other cities around the UK are kind of getting there, like, with, like, Slowly. beautiful, like, really cool pieces of art especially in like like around the cities yeah but it is it is definitely different here like you walk there's less of a kind of like I don't know how to say this it's less of a movement here it's very much like an orchestrated part of like city mm. planning and they are not accidental they aren't at all kind of guerrilla but they are <laughs> beautiful and they tell stories of the city and the country and they're often kind of like like very like visual kind of representations of what we're seeing in the areas that we're in I just like I do love them I do like why have a blank wall when you can have something really pretty to look at what a beautiful message (laughs) so now instead of speaking to man 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 about town who is about town he is still a man about town we are going to be speaking to Saeed Saeed um, about getting the ultimate concert date all for your diary Hi, Saeed. Thanks for joining us. Saeed in the house. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So I think you should introduce who Saeed is and how important he is to the National. He is up there as as important as they come for the National and the music industry in this country in general. So Saeed is one of our arts and culture reporters. He is just an absolute encyclopedia of musical knowledge. I just admitted the fact that I read his articles to try and be down with the kids. Very important. <laughs> I edit his articles to try and be down with the kids. <laughs> Where are you, Said? Why are you not here? Well, um, I'm chatting to you from Frankfurt. Um, I took the red eye 
uh, from Dubai to Frankfurt. So we're here to cover the Frankfurt Book Fair. And why not? But it's it's been a crazy day while we're tra- uh, just just before I traveled. You know, the, the concerts were announced, even more concerts, um, which which we'll get into in a second, like such as such as the Abu Dhabi Formula One. So yes, you know, we're all we, we, you know we're trying to keep a lid on things and trying to keep it moving for for you know for you guys. Okay, so he's just teased to it. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a teaser. That's a bit of a teaser. So right, Abu Dhabi Formula One big event. Tell us who's been announced. Yes. So basically, um, um, uh, while we were asleep, essentially, or very early morning, um, Abu Dhabi Formula One announced the third of its four concerts that's taking place at Etihad Park. So we've uh, so what, what do we know so far? We know that the Foo Fighters are going to perform the big race day concert on the Sunday. We know also that Dutch DJ Tiesto will join the next young pop thing, Ava Max, you know, for a joint concert to begin Very the cool. series. Very cool. You know, to begin the series, you know, on the, you know, on the Friday. You know, so on on a Thursday. So now what we got was the Saturday act, and that's none other than Shania Twain. <gasps> Shania Twain, the Canadian country pop star, will be making this. her Does regional that debut. That don't impress me much. Oh, <laughs> oh no! I'm Joking. actually very. You when know, Saeed I'm actually very story. happy about it. Sorry, you go, Said. <laughs> I'm actually very happy about it. It really put a big smile on my face, and also. It's, if, if you look at the history of Formula One, it is very much on brand. <laughs> <laughs> it does mean there is definitely, like, looking at that lineup, there is something for pretty much everyone. There. I think we're just missing a bit of a hip-hop and rap kind of representation there. A- absolutely. And I do feel that that's going to, judging just by the historical data, you know, that it's that's what it's going to be. The thing is, right, the Formula One concerts, it's like it's its own thing. You know, when you curate it, it's, it has its own ingredients. So so it, it doesn't mean what day exactly, but this is what we know. So normally they're four nights. So in each, and the whole point is to appeal to a diverse crowd as possible, not, not just petrol heads, right? <laughs> so, so basically one concert is for the kids. You know, I call it the Nickelodeon concert. You know, so, you know, this is, you know, we just, you have DJ Marshmallow, you know, you have Ava Max, you know, you have, you know, the, you know, the, 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 you know what, what the kids like in TikTok these days, right? So that's one, that's one concert for them. All right. Another concert, you know, is more for, more for the, you know, the 35 plus crowd. So we're talking about normally like, you know, R&B and pop. So, so in the, in the past, we looked at Usher. Usher was one of them, Dave, you know, so these are the kind of artists that we're looking for. And then there's always the, the big Sunday concert is always about the anthems. People just want to sing along. After four days of loud music and all that tension, they just want to just sing back-to-back songs. So we had Pink, you know, we had Paul McCartney, uh, you know, so this year we have the Foo Fighters. And then there's always that little surprise you know, like, you know, like, a, wow, I didn't expect this. And this is where Shania Twain kind of falls in, you know, just a nice feel good act that I guarantee, I think this is the kind of, be- this is, she's the kind of artist that once you, once you go in there, you just, you'll realize how many songs that I you love know. That. I love that. I love when you go to a concert and you're like, oh, do I even know any of these songs? Oh, I know all of them. Every single one. Yeah. So Saeed, this is maybe putting you on the spot, but 
if you had any predictions for who might be our fourth artist, I haven't told you I was going to ask you this, but if you had any mm. predictions based on people who haven't been here in the last few years, who would you be, or maybe looking at some like holes in tour plans coming up, tour dates, you, what would you, you know, be saying? For a long time, I suspected it was going to be 50 Cent because 50 Cent is actually going to be touring the neighborhood, you know, around that time. Just, I mean, two days before the Formula One begins, he's going to be in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, but that guess didn't work out well because he's going to go, because he's, he's going to go from Bahrain, skip all the Formula One, go to India, and then come back to us in Abu Dhabi post Formula One in December. So, you know, so that's the, that was my big guess gone. Right, okay. And so at the moment, you know, just you know, just looking at the Atlas, there's no other artists that are threatening our shores, you know, as of <laughs> yet. So it's going to be really hard to know. But I would suspect, just judging by what I can kind of, you know, what I've seen over the last 10 years, it needs to be somebody within the R&B, you know, within the R&B hip hop vein, and like a, you know, an, an artist kind of more for the 35 plus crowd. Because because once you have that, you, they have really touched upon every single demographic that they hope will come to the Formula One. Cool, that's my crowd. There we are. So <laughs> this is what we need from you, just in like a nutshell, some dates for our diary. Because people aren't booking concerts like 24 hours or one week in advance, right? And there are some extremely yeah. exciting bands that have been announced coming, bands and artists that are coming to our shores in the next few months. So if you have got just a few mm. dates for people just to kind of scribble down, I know that Westlife are coming. Oh my goodness, Said, <laughs> are you a Westlife fan? Honestly, Farah like, sent me so many yeah. things about Westlife coming. Is that true? Or did you email me? Maybe saying, I may have emailed you saying, I saw this, it made me think of you, and you gasped. You said, Farah, <laughs> is this your kind of culture? I said, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, yeah, I won't be there in the queue to buy tickets, but tell me. <laughs> I, I remember when I remember when, um, when Westlife was first announced at Abu Dhabi last year, Farah said, Said, I don't want to pull rank on you, but I'm going to be going to the show. <laughs> I'm going to be interviewing this artist. And that's just the way that it's going to be. I and love I'm like, that you, Saeed uh, is calling uh, you uh, out. Uh, yeah, no, Somewhere on like, our website, there's a column <laughs> by me writing about how much I enjoyed a Westlife course. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, it's, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned about dates as well, because, you know, people who, li- people who lived here a while, they're so used to buying tickets now, you know, within 24 hours, 48 hours. But that's slowly changing now. You're starting just, just seeing how concerts are being sold. Tickets now are selling out faster mm-hmm. than before. So this idea of just sitting back and waiting till till, you know, till the Saturday, the day before the concert to see it, is I don't think it's the right idea. For example, Brian Adams, he sold out two weeks ago and he's playing and, he, and he's playing November the 4th. Hmm, you know, wow. so he's an, yeah, are and, we and, having and this conversation of, uh, too late? <laughs> <laughs> so no, so I think it's a good thing. So talking about calendars, I think guys look ahead, really start buying. So look, what's coming up? You know, just the last week, there's so many concerts that's been announced. So in Abu Dhabi, um, as I said, you know, we have you know we have Fifty Cent. You know, uh, so we have Fifty Cent. He's coming on the twenty first. Talking about that R&B night, you know, this is something, you know, that I think that, you know, that, you know, that you would love in is, you know, there's a vintage R&B night happening at Etihad Arena on December 22nd. That's Akon and Neo. What? Talking, uh, yes, yes. This what a is, run up to Christmas. <laughs> yeah, right. Akon. Exactly, exactly. And Neo, Akon they're still and, going. Nothing's yeah, successful exactly, like Akon that. and Neo. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like the Avengers of R and B coming together, you know, and playing, you know, <laughs> you know, and, sl- and, and slaying the audience. There's also um, a reggae night happening at Tejada Arena on December twenty third, and that features the the singer of of UB forty, Ali Campbell. So that's like back to back concerts in Abu Dhabi, twenty um, the twenty first, twenty second, and twenty third. Other shows that that I'm personally very excited about: Dubai Opera. On December the 12th is a great Grammy Award winning group from Mali called Tina Reban. You know, they, like, they're amazing. My, they're amazing live. Normally they come to the UAE performing at outdoor venues as part of a festival. Not this time. This is their own concert within the intimate and regal surroundings of Dubai Opera on December 12th. That is so definitely one not to miss. That is so good. They're so good. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. I've not heard of it, but I'm going to go and look up after this. And now when it comes to festivals, um, you know, a, a proudly homegrown festival from the UAE um, is Soul DXB. Mm-hmm. Soul DXB, which is, a, you know, which began like 12 years ago, 10 years ago, yeah, about 10 years ago as a hip hop at the sneaker summit. It was just a place to buy, you know, just, just to buy the latest sneakers. There was a little DJ playing in the background, and now it grew to become a multi-stage format with bringing the massive hip hop artists. You know, we had we you know we had Wu Tang Clan performing, we had Black Star performing. So it's really one of the like a great hip hop festival. That's December the eighth and tenth at Dubai Design District, and the lineup will be announced soon. Cool. So many, so many dates for our diary. And I'm so shocked that Saeed wasn't going to organically mention Westlife. <laughs> yeah. no, I, was, I, I didn't want to steal your thunder. Thank you so you much, Saeed. Really. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, you know, and, and, and this comes on top of other things that are yet to be announced, by the way. You know, um, Global Village is opening um, uh, very soon. So they, will, they normally have a whole list of concerts that's going to be performed sporadically in, at the main stage over there. So um, don't forget, there's also um, soon you'll be seeing the announcements of a bunch of New Year's Eve concerts, you know, oh, happening oh, yeah. in Dubai, happening even Russell Khaimah, you know, even Abu Dhabi. So expect that to happen. Um, so it's yeah, it's, uh, we are, yeah, absolutely. Oh, right. I need to start making plans then and booking tickets. And just writing off sleep because we're going to be out. <laughs> That is great. Thank you so much, Saeed, for joining us. Thank you, Saeed. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Okay, so that's it for today. And thank you so much for listening. We promise we'll get you loads of interesting stories for next week. And if you like this episode, please follow and subscribe on your favourite podcasting app. And don't forget to...